The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 323. It is May 27th, Saturday. We're recording this uh, actually in the afternoon. Out of the ordinary for us, a little inside baseball, not that anyone cares. Uh, But yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend. The weather is gorgeous outside. I have already, Brandon, I have already done an eight-mile walk slash run this morning and showered, and I'm feeling good, and... I actually I meant to show you this before the podcast started, but boom, got my little Whoa, bucket nice. of beers, some ice. Unexpected. Those are going to get polished off today. I'm going to start doing wow. the podcast too. By the way, um, so yeah, it's a, a relaxing weekend, or a, you know, nationwide sort of. So uh, we're going to keep this episode you know, relatively short and light, uh, not heavy. You know, not a lot of Eagles news out there. Uh, maybe the only thing. It's kind of newsworthy. It's like they brought in DJ Fluker for, uh, for we'll get to all that later, but for a workout uh, this past week. But OTAs are coming up, and then we got a really long break in the action between you know OTAs, which are the first week of June, until training camp begins, which is late July. So a lot of time to fill in between then. Uh, this is the time of year that I'm sure I'm sure Brandon loves too, but I certainly love this time of year where I can get a little bit of a break. From football. But anyway, before we get into sort of the meat of the podcast here, I know that I need to know where I can find the finest meat snacks in the land. Before we get into the meat of the podcast, it's time to get into <laughs> the meat of the BGN Radio Loud sponsorship. That one up to you nice. There you go. Totally volleyball set to you, slamming home. Jimmy cracks open to be here. Uh, RighteousFelon.com. You don't want to go to that website. It's free to peruse the website. You go to rightsofselling.com and you see what you want. They have the best meat snacks in the land available to you there. You use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Uh, I think my mom just got some more for my dad earlier this week. And she said like they shipped it incredibly fast. It was there like the next day or something like so. I remember that at Christmas, even at yeah. Christmas when I'm sure they're really busy. Yep. I got mine pretty fast, too. So, you know, I don't know you know, how that works depending on different areas, you know, because we're both more local to the area. But mm-hmm. um, hey, the point is they have good service in addition to a really good product. So why not give them a chance? Right to sell Just get code BGN15 
for 15% off your order. And same discount code works at wildnaturepet.com. I imagine a lot of people are hanging out with their pets in the nice weather. Uh, why not get them a dog treat too? And you can do that at wildnaturepet.com. But Jimmy, gigantic episode today. Huge episode. Very important. Very serious episode. Definitely mm-hmm. not mailing this in by kind of <clears throat> just riffing on whatever topics that are around. It's very serious. Um, I think we have to start. Well, with butters. With butters. <clears throat> yeah, he celebrated his seventeenth birthday. Yesterday. Oh my gosh, seventeen, buddy. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't know. Like cats were honestly like any kind of animal, like pet animal, <laughs> lived that long. Yeah, seventeen. He's still pretty. He's still spry. He still runs around. You know. He, I let him outside sometimes. And, really? Uh, you know, he'll go outside, he'll hang out. Uh, they say that takes some lives off of cats' ears um, due to, I don't know, accidents, things they can kind of years get into Years off of outside. cats' lives? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, typically they outside cats don't live as long as cats that are... You said lives off of cats' ears. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> <laughs> the drinking has started early for Jimmy. Yeah, that's right. I had one sip. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he, he, he desperately wanted to go outside. So I, you know, I let him outside anyway. Yeah. He turned 17. I think he's got a good chance of 20 because wow. he's still plenty spry. He's healthy. Yeah. He had a little, uh, I think I mentioned on the podcast previously, he, um, had a thyroid issue, wow. which was actually good news compared to what it could have been otherwise and took medicine for that. That's all cleared up. He's good to go. He's rolling. He's meowing. He's biting ankles when he's hat, when he's uh, hungry. <laughs> He is, uh, he's 17 years young, I would say. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Butters. Butters, yeah. well-deserved. And I agree. When I uh, I had to record at your place earlier this year, or I guess it was last season, uh-huh. uh, late last year. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. Like, I never would have guessed he was that old because I know he's been around for a long time because I know yeah. you like brought him up in your writing, but uh, he didn't seem that old. So happy birthday to Butters. Um, probably second behind the... Uh, Butter's birthday news is the fact that I would say, Jimmy, Jonathan Gannon's Arizona Cardinals released DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. Yeah. And with any kind of prominent player who gets released or put on the trade block or not even just their name is out there in some way. The natural question is, should the Eagles go after that player? So I give it to you first. Yeah, I'm going to give the same answer that you gave basically mm. during draft season when the name Jackson Smith and Jigba was coming up as a possibility for the Eagles in the first round. Um, and your rebuttal to those suggestions were it's not Madden. Yep. <laughs> like you can't just add like all these wide receivers and um, and keep the ball happy because you have two legit number one receivers in A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. You have Dallas Goddard. Those three guys are going to command. I mean, Dallas Goddard to a lesser degree. I think he's a pretty unselfish player. Like he's not going to be, you know, be, like he's not going to lose his mind if he doesn't get that many targets. But yeah, certainly but like Devontae he also had to split targets. time early in his career with Ertz, and I think he kind of like yeah. is relishing at not having to do that anymore. <laughs> true, true. I mean, they all they certainly all want their targets, yeah. but absolutely, Devontae wants his targets. He's he's been shown frustration at the end of games, uh, more so in twenty twenty one than twenty twenty when he was a rookie, even. Uh, you know, showed frustration when he wasn't. Well, when there he was the week two the thing where he oh, didn't well, get targeted in week one officially. Right. Uh, to the Lions, right. And they made like a concerted effort to talk him up that week, like leading up into the game <laughs> yes. and then get him the first target of the game. Yeah. And then also AJ uh, 
I forget what game it was after. I think they were both Giants games actually, where they they kind of um, showed real emotion. Devontae in twenty twenty one after the Rager game where Rager dropped the two passes yep. at the end of the game and they lost, he was visibly upset at the end of that game that he wasn't getting the football. And then AJ Brown, I think also against the giants this past year yeah. in the divisional round of the playoffs, I believe he in a game they won by 31 win, points in a blowout. <laughs> he was, he was unhappy with his targets in that game. So, you know, you add a, a guy like, uh, like Hopkins, uh, I mean, that's a, he's, and the type of receiver he is, mm-hmm. He's a high volume guy. Like he's more of like a like a, a possession receiver, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, than like a deep threat kind of guy. I mean, he can win at all three levels of the defense, sure. but he's a high volume guy. And what kind of money is he gonna, is he going to want from whoever signs him? Like he's not just going to be like, yeah, okay, I'll play for four, four or five million, and uh, you know, I, just because I'm ring hunting or whatever. And he can, by the way, he can ring hunt and still find a team that needs a receiver, sure. like the Chiefs. Or the yeah. Bills or whoever. <laughs> yeah. Patrick I just don't see this as a fit in any way. It is worth noting that Hopkins said Jalen Hurts is one of the five quarterbacks he would like mm-hmm. to play for, ideally. Certainly, like you can't and it's never say never to me. You know, it's not like a zero percent chance they would sign him because there's a world where like every all those receivers kind of agree in theory to take less and he is more worried about a ring than anything else and he takes less i don't think that's realistic but i'm saying that's the path to that happening i think it's a very unlikely path by the way the aj brown quote from after that giants game quote they throw me they, they <clears throat> sorry let me i just pushed that let's start it over <laughs> quote they throw the ball to me a hundred times i'm going to want it a hundred one times me personally i just feel like i can change the game at any moment Getting the ball often keeps you going, keeps you in a rhythm. It definitely puts you in a zone. You're locked in. Of course, I want the ball. So, like, as he should. I mean, as, agree. You want you you want every receiver yes. that you have to have like an ego and you know to want the ball and, and to want to affect the game. It's got to suck being a receiver and running routes all day and not getting the ball. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know? especially if you're like Quez. Yeah, because like you know he's not <laughs> yes. seeing a lot of targets like that. Yeah. He's just. I think he has. If I'm not mistaken, he, I think he has like the lowest amount of targets per route run or something like that last year. It's it's like something in that vein because of how much he didn't get the ball. But I kind of did the math on this a little bit. Uh, so last year, the Eagles, their big three in terms of targets per game, AJ mm-hmm. Brown was at 8.5, Devontae, Devontae was at 8, and then Goddard was at 5.75. Um, okay. So together, that's 22.25 targets per game. That is 74% of Jalen Hurts' average <laughs> 30 attempts yeah. per game. And the fourth most targeted member of the offense there was the aforementioned Quez, who only saw three targets per game. Yeah. And then Kenny Gainwell was right behind him at 1.7. He was fifth. Okay. Like, so where are you where are you fitting DeAndre Hopkins, who averages 9.4 targets a game over his career? Like, how are you fitting that in and keeping him happy and also everyone else happy? And even in that world where I said unrealistically, where the Eagles players like agree to, hey, we want to win. It doesn't like we'll take fewer targets if it means we can get DeAndre. That's fine if that like okay. I, again, I don't think that's realistic. But even if that happens, it's a two way street. DeAndre Hopkins has to agree to that, and I don't see why he's agreeing to that, especially when like it's not just targets for the sake of ego. It's targets for the sake of that's like how you get money. You have to produce. You have to put up stats yeah. and catches to get paid. So like you're you're messing with people's money here. I mean, I think it, that's why Zach Pascal left in free agency. By the way, sure. Yeah, like he he was happy he was happy to execute the role that he was asked to do this season, 
but ultimately, you know, if you don't get targets, you don't get paid. Yeah. And uh, he's he wanted to go somewhere. I think where he could where he could find targets <laughs> certainly wasn't going to be in Philly. And he went to the Cardinals, where DeAndre Hopkins yeah. is now leaving. So now he will right, certainly right. probably get not like he's not going to be their number one, but like he'll get some kind of top three share. I'm guessing there, um, or I don't know the receiver situation as well. But in any case, uh, by the way, the odds to uh, teams with the best odds to land DeAndre Hopkins per our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Eagles are there's seven teams ahead of them. Eagles are plus two thousand. So for context, if you don't know what that means, like twenty to one. Yeah. Uh, you yeah you would bet a hundred if you bet a hundred dollars of your money, you would win, or you would be two thousand dollars richer. So not a likely thing. Not viewed as a top, likely. Who are the top three on there? Do you have that pulled up? Top three are the Bills, the Chiefs, which I think the Chiefs. You know they make like too much sense. Yeah. Like you're playing with Mahomes and uh the Jets. Okay. And then the Ravens I don't right know, but behind. The Jets kind of have a bunch of receivers, don't they? And they just yeah. bring a bunch of guys in for Rodgers. Anyway, um, we should note, by the way, like it is a need. Like the Eagles do need more depth at wide receiver, in my opinion. Because if somebody on the outside, well, more specifically, if AJ Brown or Devontae Smith go down, suddenly Quez Watkins is now one of your starting yeah. outside receivers. And as we saw in 2022, I mean, we'll see if he can he can break out of um, if he can rebound from a bad season. But he was he was really bad, mm-hmm. not even just from uh, like a making plays standpoint, like making the plays that the rare plays that come his way. He didn't capitalize on them, but also ran a lot of bad routes like he was he became unreliable in a way that like Jalen Hurts couldn't trust that he needed that he was going to be in his route where he needed to be. And like. There were two different games uh, at the end of the season where he basically caused uh, a Gardner Minshew interception because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Jalen Hurts threw an interception because he wasn't where, where he needed to be, and that's a, that's a bigger problem than just you know like not make like the play in the Super Bowl. He had an opportunity to make a play deep down the field and just didn't make it. Yep. That wasn't an issue of him like not being where he was he was supposed to. Well, actually, it did a little bit. I mean, he was slightly. There was behind. a little bit of that to it, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 a big problem where when a quarterback can't trust that you're going to run the route the, the correct way. So he really has to have a bounce back season. But, you know, certainly if one of those two guys go down, those are massive losses. Like we're talking like top, you know, five, six, four, five, six type players uh, where you're screwed if, if, if they get hurt. Um, so I do think they need to have it, it, the, the roster would be better if they yeah. added like a reliable vet, Specifically on the outside, like they added Alameda Zacchaeus, but he's mm-hmm. a slot guy only. Like if AJ Brown or Devontae Smith go down, he's he'll be your starting slot probably, but it'll be Quez on the outside. So that's a much, much less threatening group, obviously, if if you lose one of those guys. But now you're relying on Quez in that situation, which I'm not sure they want to do. Yeah, I'm not no one is saying like DeAndre Hopkins wouldn't be like good to add to the team or fun right. in terms of like, right. like making them better and enjoyable, but it's just I just don't think it's realistic. And again, from his end, from what he wants, I just don't think. And also, shout out to a good friend, Tommy Lawler, who pointed out, like, he's working with that weird agent guy who, like, the NFL PA or whatever kind of, like, recommended not to negotiate with. So, like, there's some, in addition to, like, (laughs) what we all just said, there's, like, some kind of weird layer there that I don't know that you really kind of want to get necessarily involved with. So that's, like, another kind of complicating factor. Uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. I would bet, like, a lot of money that it'll be any other team but the Eagles. All right. All right. Next thing. Uh, the actual news of the past week was that they brought in DJ Fluker. Uh, 
out of the league in 2022. Mostly play is mostly played right guard uh, and right tackle over his career. You had mentioned he's played more right guard than right tackle over his career. Yeah, I have the snap uh, counts 2021. That. What's that? The snap counts for that over his career. He played four, 306 snaps at left tackle and then uh, 2,354 at right tackle. And then the most by far is 3,724 at right guard. Mm, okay. Yeah. So 2021, he was with three different teams. I forget who they were off the top of my head, but he was never on any of those three teams. Active 53 man rosters uh, got cut by all three of them uh, played in 2020 with the Ravens actually st- played a lot for the Ravens that season. Uh, but that was really his last and his last real NFL action. So he hasn't played a game since 2020. And the Eagles brought him in for a visit, which is at least noteworthy because he, way back in the day, played for Jeff Statlin uh, when the two of them were were both uh, at Alabama. He was drafted, uh, was it top 10? It was drafted high. It was first round pick in 2013, which was the same draft as as Lane Johnson. I I believe he was top 10. It was 11. Chargers. 11, okay. Um, So yeah, he he was a high pick. Had a decent enough curve because at least he played until 2020. But I think overall, you'd probably look at him as, as a disappointment relative to his draft position. Sure. He um he only turned 32 in March. So that's younger than I would expect it for a guy drafted, I guess, in 2013. Um, right? Because like Brandon Graham's like 20. He was 2010. He's only he's like 34. So he's I think he's like a little bit younger on the, on the younger side for uh relative to his draft class also you mentioned he played for stoutland in 2011 2012 he was also uh in san diego when sirianni was on the coaching staff with the chargers from 2013 through 2016 so mm-hmm. uh nick knows him as well there's some familiarity there and uh to me it's like why not this i think he's absolutely worth a spot on the 90 uh man offseason roster right see what he can do see what he can do he can never have too much offensive line depth the worst case scenario is like or not well. The worst case scenario is he stinks and you cut him. But like, re- like, you could keep him on the practice squad. No one's coming after him. He's been available. Like, seems like a guy that wouldn't hurt to have on the practice squad if he had to play in a pinch. Not ideal, but like, he you know he has experience. That's more than what can be said for some players. And uh, I do think it's a little interesting considering the context of the right guard position, especially looking at his body type. He's like another bigger guy, and kind of dovetailing. Yeah, <laughs> dovetailing this into our um, an interesting article published by uh, Joe Santaloquito for Bleeding Green Nation on Friday, May 26, um, was him talking to Brian Baldinger, our good friend Baldy, recently, who I found out blocked me on Twitter. And I'm not sure why that oh, is. Oh, did he? No yeah, kidding. Like, Baldy, unblock me. What are you... I, I've never said anything mean to you or, or about you. Maybe I've like, been very mean to Baldy, and I'm not blocked by him. Yeah, what the heck? Like maybe like some like lighthearted <laughs> ribbing, but not like you know actually anything like personal or like just you know like teasing or joking about like because he kind of I think sometimes he gets a little overboard on some of his praise of player, but nothing like mean. Like just I just respectfully yeah, yeah, yeah. disagree. So anyway, unblock me, Baldy, please. I don't really I like I like watching Baldy's breakdowns. Why am I blocked? Yeah, I can't watch them anymore. Come on. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> interesting quote from Baldy to Joe Santaliquido uh, regarding the Eagles right guard position. And it goes like this, Jimmy. Lane wants to play next to a big guy like Brandon Brooks or Isaac Samalo. He does not want to play next to Cam Jurgens, a 300 pound center. They're not going to get any movement. Samalo is much better than people gave him credit for. 
he didn't make mental errors errors he comes from a football family he had five he had less than five penalties last year the eagles couldn't afford him he played between 330 and 335 pounds which is not that's by not the way right. his listed weight <laughs> but that's what baldy said uh, yeah, and on. you never had to worry about the guy and he was large jurgens isn't 310 he's a pumped up 300 he's purely a center lane and kelsey know that better than anyone so that's the end of the quote. You, I think you can, you know, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the weight thing there, but Lane, uh, Baldy's around, right? Like, he's around the Eagles, and he's around some of these players. So More I don't specifically, think... he, he is around Lane. Yeah. So Baldy, Baldy lives in Marlton. Okay. Jersey's well, same way to dox him. <laughs> I think that's pretty well known, actually. I think well, he's say South, said that. Say South Jersey. All right. He lives in South Jersey. So does Lane. Lane has, his, of course, his barn with all his workout equipment and stuff like that. My understanding is that Baldy like hangs out with Lane okay. at Lane's house and like works out and stuff like that. Well, so like they know each other pretty well. Yeah. Um. So I don't think that this is totally coming out of left field. I think maybe Baldy is Baldy's maybe exaggerating a bit. I would think on the just definitively saying Lane doesn't want to play next to Cam Jurgens. That might be a little editorializing. I think <laughs> maybe by Baldy because I don't think Lane would just come out and say. I don't want to play next to that guy. I do think that there is okay. So we can look at like the 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 weight that Baldy claimed Sayamalo is at three thirty, three thirty five, whatever he said it was, um, and we can look at the weight that he claimed. You know, I mean, Jurgens is. You can look at you can look at Jurgens. You can see he's not that big, like yeah. relative to the other I think offensive linemen. Sayamalo looks bigger, bigger. Sayamalo definitely looks bigger than Jurgens when you when you interact with the two of them in person. It's clear, like Sayamalo is bigger, yeah. Uh, even though their listed heights and weights are pretty close, um, so you can list that stuff on paper all day, but you can kind of clearly see that Sayamalo is the bigger guy. And maybe he did play at a at a high, at a higher weight than what he was listed sure. at. He he was not three thirty five though. Like I agree, on. that's about what Lane is at. Maybe a little heavier than that, but um, yeah. I mean, I can certainly see where Lane might prefer a bigger guy next to him. I think what was the reason given? Because they you know. They, they, he wants to be able to move Get people on that side the of the line game. in the run game. Yeah. And also, I think it's because of the perception, too, that like Kelsey is already on the smaller side. So you don't want, like, Lane doesn't want like multiple smaller people playing next to him. Yeah, it'll be interesting when we get to OTAs if Lane is asked about that. Like, did you say that? <laughs> you know, did you say that about Cam Jorgens? And, and if not, what are your feelings about playing next to him versus. Uh, a bigger guy or whatever. Lane is almost honest to a fault. Um, I don't think he's going to throw any kind of, I don't think he's going to throw a teammate under the bus and just say, no, I don't want to play next to Cam Jurgens." but it will interesting. It will be interesting to see how he answers that question. If he does indeed get asked that, but it's also like a legit training camp battle yep. that we have on the horizon between Cam Jurgens and Tyler Steen, who the Eagles selected with a pretty high pick. Like he was what? 70, what? He was 65. 65. All oh, right. So is it still in the 60s? Mm-hmm. Basically, like, like almost like a second round pick uh, that they took that guy. So um, he played, of course, left tackle, uh, both at Vanderbilt and at Alabama. So now he's not only transitioning to guard, but he's also flipping to the other side. So it'll be interesting to see how he makes that transition in training camp and whether he is like legitimate competition. We'll be able to tell kind of pretty early on. Um, if he's got any chance at all. And then if he does have any chance at all, it'll be interesting to see like how much better he gets uh, as training camp sort of evolves as he gets more comfortable, both with the position and then also playing on the right side. 
But, you know, both of these guys are, would not be playing their the position that they're used to playing. Mm-hmm. Steen, of course, of tackle. Uh, Jurgens, of course, you know, having played his entire college career uh, at center, actually really before before that he was a tight end. And then he plays his whole college, almost his whole college career at center. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a position where <laughs> a tackle and a, and a center are competing against each other to, for a starting guard spot. Uh, as you mentioned with Fluker, you know, I think that, um, you know, because you have that camp battle and maybe because, you know, Lane, maybe, maybe, and we don't know, we maybe prefers uh, a bigger player that Fluker maybe makes some sense there too. A couple of things to unpack uh, on the, like, Jurgens not playing, potentially. Uh, I mean, he was the 51st pick. And <laughs> right. Steen was 65. So there's a 14 pick difference. Like one of them yeah, is not right. going to be a big playing. Difference. So that's yeah. really not like that crazy when you're thinking about the two of them. Um, yeah, I think you just see second round pick and maybe right. third round pick. Right. And that seems like a bigger gap than it is. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's only 14 picks, which is nothing. Uh, so there's that. And um, I do know in the past that. Uh, so, so Jason Peters, Jason Peters did not like playing next to Evan Mathis. At least mm-hmm. that's what I had heard years ago. He didn't. No, that's legit. Yeah. It, it was more his play style than it was his Agreed. body type or yeah. anything like it was, that. And also, it's not like he thought Mathis was bad or anything. It's just yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, it was something about the way JP wanted to like jump set like it, or the way that right. Mathis and did Mathis it. wanted to attack. Yeah. He wanted to attack uh, whoever he was blocking. Exactly. At the line, like at, uh, as close to the line of scrimmage as possible. And what would happen is because Jason, Jason was you know, taking these big jump sets, there would be a big yep. gap yeah. in between JP and Mathis, and JP did not like that because it left them susceptible to inside moves. And that's not the only reason I think the Eagles ultimately got rid of Evan Mathis, but that was not like a non-factor. That was more than a 0% factor than why Evan Mathis was, did not return to the Eagles, at least the way I understood it. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying just because that happened with JP, it's definitely happening here with Lane, but I am saying that there's a precedent for this to some extent. Like It has happened. In, it has happened before, and if I'm not mistaken, there may have also been a little bit of that with Wisniewski at one point in the past, too, and why he wasn't playing um, when it looked like he was the better option than some of the alternatives at one point. Um, but So that's not like – it's not a fake thing. It's something that has happened in the past and could be happening. Yeah, and I don't think it's like Lane hates Cam, to be clear, but I do think uh, – like in theory, he might want to have that bigger guy next to him. And that's actually something Solak has talked about a lot. Our good friend Ben Solak for years, like Stoutland kind of, and the Eagles, um, they've liked bigger guards. They, they, they like like tackle sized guards. Mm-hmm. And you kind of mentioned some of the names there, like Brandon Brooks. Um, so I, I think the takeaway for me here isn't necessarily that like Jurgens is doomed and can't win the right guard job. But I think there's like kind of an assumption out there somewhat that's like it's just his job it's just cam jurgen's job like he's just being handed the job and i don't think that's the case at all um with the presence of steen and i don't think it's like again if you're putting the the odds on dj fluker coming in and winning that job certainly it wouldn't be likely but i feel like a non-zero percent chance like if he comes in and he's in better shape and he has that body type and he has a great summer he's you know going up against the backups and then maybe he works his way into getting some reps with the starters like that's there's a path to that happening i don't think it's extremely likely but i do think the fact that you have the steam pick which was a kind of like a highish pick and you you're working out fluker who again most of his experience has come specifically at right guard like i think all of that is signal that it's not like Oh, we definitely believe in Jurgens 100% at right guard. And that's not like to say that Jurgens isn't going to be a good player. I think he's going to be a very good center, but I don't know if he can play right guard. Give me all the camp battles, really. Sure. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think Jurgens is, uh, is probably the favorite at this point. 
I don't know how I maybe uh, sort of divvy that up in terms of percentage chances of winning that job, but I throw a number out there. It. I'd stack it. I'll throw, all right, we'll do that. All right, I'll go Jurgens sixty. Oh, yeah. Steen thirty. Driscoll. Ooh. Nine point five. Fluker zero point five. Okay. Yeah. See, <laughs> but a non-zero chance. Like, there's like a door to open, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is the point. Um. Okay. I think I'm about. I think I'd go lower on Driscoll than you would, and a tiny bit higher on Fluker. But like, just we're kind of splitting hairs at that point. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of interesting. But you're you're okay with the sixty thirty? Yeah, I was gonna say like fifty five maybe for Cam. I okay. think it's a favorite, but I don't think it's like a strong favorite. But yeah, give me give me the campouts because we got nothing. <laughs> like we got but yeah, we got what QB three. We got QB Punter. three, and I don't even think that's going to be close. By the way, I think I think I don't um, think so either. My guy, uh, we've never seen Ian Book. You are you or you or me in, in in practice. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. But I think yeah, you draft a guy. In the, you draft a guy. He's he's gonna he's gonna have a, every opportunity to win any kind of job. And then but yeah, we line... got QB three. We got punter. We got safety, which was like. I think all three of them are going to play, so it's mm-hmm. really not that big a deal. But two guys are going to win starting jobs from the of the three, and then linebacker kind of. I mean, it's probably going to be Dean and well, not necessarily. I mean, Moro could get beat out. He's not like guaranteed anything. But who's going to beat him out though? Christian Ellis, it's baby. Been, I mean, <laughs> he could. Ellis was possible. Ellis had some juice last year. I thought when he played, he did play. He did play in some blowouts. He only got, I think, it's twenty two snaps. In, but even on special in, teams. on the regular defense last year, but. He looked legitimately good yeah. in, the, in that extremely limited action. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, I mean, TJ Edwards was an undrafted guy who, sure. who found his way into the starting lineup eventually. So you never know. And I feel like more, maybe I could be, maybe this is just wrong, but I feel like anecdotally, I feel like linebacker is a position I've seen the Eagles rotate a lot in training camp, more maybe more than other positions in terms of yeah. who's working with the ones. You know, like coaches like to say, oh, we just run everyone with the runs. But a lot of times that's not true. With linebacker, I've seen that be more true, I feel like, than with other positions. So, in theory, like, he could have an easier path to... I said to Solak, because we did the Jersey number analytics pod last week, and mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like... Am I using this term right? Like, Christian Ellis might have the highest delta on the team, because I think there's... I think he is the best chance... If you're looking for, like, come out of the woodwork contributor for the Eagles this year, like, totally, okay. like, not on anyone's radar, I think he would be, like, your most likely guy from total just, like from no one expecting okay. anything from him. I can buy that. Because yeah. he has the clearest path, I think. It's like the least settled position in front of him. And he's actually shown like a, just enough promise to be somewhat viable, but not enough to actually be on anyone's radar. Uh, so there you oh, go. Oh, and what, uh, slot receiver is the other and slot receiver. Battles, maybe. Yeah. Although yeah. even I think, I think that's still going to be a split in playing time. Could be. I think quite, yeah. oh, it's they could both get used. Roles. Yeah. yeah, I don't think one guy is glued to the bench all of a sudden. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break here, but not before we hear about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Once again, RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Look, start of summer is here. It's beach season. And what better way to go to the beach than with a bag of Righteous Felon Craft Jerky in your hand to snack on? They come in these little resealable bags, so you can have a couple pieces, close that bad boy up. And boom, you're having a great time on the beach or wherever you are Uh, for hiking too. a great like, you know, hiking snack, you know, that you can pack, get some protein, get some energy. Um, I've packed those for a kayaking trip one time and it was a great time. 
So uh, write to Songcraft Jerky. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Do it. Jimmy. Back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy. What do you want to talk about? I have one more thing on Fluker, by the way. Oh, yes. So uh, back in 2013, before that draft, this is before I even got like my you know break to cover the, the NFL full time. Um, it was right before I began working for Philly.com slash The Inquirer, whatever. Um, I had somehow gotten wind that the NFL had some kind of event in Manhattan that it was the day before the draft and it was like all the, you know, the, all the people that were going to be in in attendance at like the draft itself were going to be there and you had access to them. And I applied for credentials to it. Somehow they, somehow they gave them to me because I, again, I didn't even work anywhere. Like I just had my own little crappy blog. (laughs) Like that was it. And somehow they credentialed me. So I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I got credentialed to this. And I went and um, you got access to all these players. And I remember Talking to Lane Johnson at that event. I remember talking to DJ Fluker at that event. Fluker was like really nice. Um, And one of the most massive human beings I've ever met in my life. I was actually only reminded of this story because somebody tweeted at me. Like they found an old tweet of mine from from 2013 (laughs) or from that night where he shook my hand. And I tweeted something to the effect of like DJ Fluker almost just broke my hand. <laughs> like, like he had like his hand, his like handshake grip was like it was the hardest handshake I've I've ever experienced in my life. Like it actually hurt. Wow. So like there's that. But um, Wayne was being interviewed by this weirdo <laughs> who was was actually asking like every draft prospect all these weird questions. Hmm. And uh, I guess the, the, he had asked Lane something about like wrestling bears. Yeah, and. Do you remember that? So like Lane gave and Lane understood like what this guy was doing. He's just being a goofball. And Lane was giving this long answer about how he wrestled bears. And like, uh, I don't know if that guy wrote, I don't know if it was that guy who wrote it up as like Lane claimed to have wrestled bears in his youth or if somebody, some other reporter had just kind of meandered over and hadn't heard like the goofball question that kind of 
provoked this response from Lane and just thought that Lane was talking about having wrestled bears. And <laughs> but there's somebody wrote a story yeah. about Lane having wrestled bears, and then like he got asked about it after he got drafted. And he's like, "No, nah, I never wrestled bears." Like, well, like yeah, obviously. <laughs> but like somebody actually wrote a story about that. You can probably still Google, it, and they're probably still there uh, about him wrestling bears or whatever. Uh, but the other thing with Fluker there too at that event was uh, he. I haven't looked him up on mock draftable, but he, at the time, I believe he was thought to have the longest wingspan mm. of any draft pick ever. Wow. So, or arm length or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I asked him to, you know, outstretch his arms from side to side. And like, you had to turn your head like all the way. Wow. <laughs> to like I had to like stand back. I took a picture of him mm-hmm. and posted it or whatever, but just to have this is the guy standing and like outstretching his arms as wide as he possibly could. Like you could have fit like, you know, a human and a half like in between his two arms. That's how long they were. Plus, plus, you know, how wide his body is as well. But yeah, one of the, one of the biggest actual human beings. And you look at his, like his listed height and weight. It doesn't look that big. Like he's six, five, I think like three forty something, but to actually, you know, stand next to this guy in person, and you know I've you know you and I've have, have you know been next to plenty of other big offensive defensive linemen in uh, in in our respective careers. This guy was huge in a way that um, kind of hard to describe, but like you know in a, in a way where like almost he almost kind of looked bigger to me than like a Jordan Mailata even mm-hmm. who was like six eight and yeah. three sixty or whatever. But in a weird way, Fluker just seemed so much bigger. Uh, you know, being next to him. I think when you get to a certain point, like uh, my lot of height, like six eight, I'm six foot nine. I think you just carry your yeah. weight. The right. weight gets carried differently. You don't like look as exactly big that's for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, I think JP is the biggest player I've ever seen, like in person. And again, least. six four, like yeah. three forty, something like but that. Like, it doesn't look that doesn't look that huge on the paper. Width, and also, just like the straight, like I, I just I literally like he walked by me one time at training camp, and I legitimately had a feeling in my not saying he would do this because you know he wasn't like. A monster but like i felt like if he <laughs> right. wanted to he could have just ripped me in half like literally like just taking me and like like a phone book and just like yes. i felt like like oh my gosh like that dude is like insanely just big and powerful and strong yeah um that was like jp for me i feel like he's that guy um <clears throat> moving on jimmy uh i wanted to bring this up i didn't put it in the rundown but i because i forgot but i was reminded of it during the show not sure if you saw this shout out to at phl eagles nation on twitter who tweeted out this video uh, there was a clip that I think the Eagles had put out from like their different draft day, excuse me, draft day calls and whatnot. Oh, Nolan Smith. Yeah. yeah Nolan I saw Smith this. one. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm going to read it here for people who don't. And obviously go watch it because I'm not really doing it justice by reading it. But Nolan Smith was asking Eagles DC, Sean Desai to send him the playbook immediately on draft night. And the quote is coach Sean, I know you're busy. I want that playbook. I want it. I want that PDF. I want to be on that effing field. I want to show y'all why you should pick me number one. I'm being dead ass serious. And that gives me like goosebumps reading that. Um, Maybe I'm just a sucker for this, but like, I like anyone can say those words. You know what I mean? Like any person can is capable for the most part of like saying those words and putting that together. But like, he has the cachet to like back that up with how he carries himself. And yeah, he very clearly meant it. And like I am just like I like again I am so locked in. This dude is locked in, but I am like I just I would want to put all my money into like Nolan Smith stock because 
it remind I've said it before. It reminds me of like Jalen Hurts. It might be even more intense almost, but um, uh, it's like I don't know. It's kind of what the Eagles were saying last year about Jalen Hurts. I don't necessarily know what Nolan Smith's ceiling is for various reasons. I'm not saying it's a guarantee he ends up being a great player, but I will bet like any amount of money that he's going to hit whatever that ceiling is because this dude like wants it that bad. This dude wants yeah. it badly. And I think you have to be excited about adding a guy like that to your team. Like that's not performative to me. Like that is like, that's real and authentic. That's him. And like, that gets me fired. Yeah, up. You can tell in the video, you, you, if you watch it, you can tell he, like, he's just locked in on the conversation on he's the phone. Dog. He's not looking at cameras or anything yeah. like that. And that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, that's what you called him. Um, when we did like our pre draft, yep. um, like our mock draft, yep. our last mock draft before, like before the actual draft, didn't you have him 10? overall i did yeah and i would have been happy with that i stand by that like i i really this is a guy i think you want to bet on and if you like it's it's all like any kind of thing like that you're making a bet it's that's not to say like it's a hundred percent chance it works out but to me it's like did you regret betting on that guy no how could you regret betting on this guy is my yeah, point yeah yeah i mean you, you, that's what you called him before the draft you called like it was very he's a dog heavy oh. in your analysis <laughs> and like he is a lot of the, you watched like any uh any pre-draft interview of this guy and like you can tell that he's gonna he can fit into any locker room in the nfl oh, yeah. like he's gonna be accepted anywhere because it's very clear that also he loves football mm. and he wants to win and uh yeah i it's it's un, it's unfathomable to me how Agreed. he slipped all the way to 30. It's crazy that he got that far down and that he was still available for the Eagles there. And and, and they wound up with both Jalen Carter and th- that thing that wound up with both Jalen Carter <laughs> and Nolan Smith is just insane. And like almost if, if somebody had that, I, I mentioned this after the draft, if somebody had that as like their, you know, like an Eagles only mock draft, like I would have immediately yeah. just laughed at it and just completely, uh, you Man know, like fiction. thought of that. Per- yeah. Right. Just total, like, like uh, Homer type garbage, you know what I mean, and uh, and it actually happened that way, which is just unreal that that they got those two players where they got them. I think there's a chance, and maybe this is hyperbolic, that like Nolan Smith is going to be like the toughest dude on the field anytime he steps onto the field, or especially when, especially as he you know progresses in his career too, like or if not necessarily the toughest, like the dude who wants it the most on the entire field, like this guy wants to make a big play or to win this game more than anyone else on the field, like is that guy. And you can see it with like the way he plays his energy. And again, uh, not to relitigate the whole thing, but like, I think this is a great guy to have into the team coming into the team, especially as Brandon Graham is somewhat nearing the end of his career here. Yeah. Cause they're different guys. I don't think they bring the juice in the same way. Um, different people, but I do think they both bring the juice in a big way. And I think when you lose that with BG one day, that's going to be a big loss because players mm-hmm. and coaches talk about the value of bringing that energy every day and that positivity. And I think Nolan being here uh, has the potential, assuming he pans out and he earns that kind of leadership role and that respect with his play on the field. I think he has a chance to kind of be like a big culture setter here for a long time. So I'm very excited about that pick. Uh, I had to bring it yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be excited on, on the on the edge just in general because sure. you, you couple, you know, Nolan Smith's um, in dog mentality. Sorry to say that, but like you couple his his mentality with uh, with his just elite athleticism. Yeah. And then you add him to a group where you already have a guy. And by the way, Josh Sweat is 
really quietly becoming a star player. Like his numbers have gotten better and better every year. I just wrote something about him this morning. Um, like I, I timed all of his sacks in 2022, he had 11 of them. He got to the quarterback in less than three seconds on eight of them. Wow. <laughs> He's just, he was, they're all quick wins and his athleticism obviously was why they drafted him. Um, yeah, that the, six. he was also, he was also a steal in the fourth round. So you have those two guys. And then you have Hassan Reddick who led the NFL. If you include the playoffs, led the NFL in sacks and forced fumbles and just is a ridiculous athlete. And then you have BG who is, you know, just sort of, um, like the obviously the power guy, but had his best you know statistical season a year ago, and is you know sort of the ultimate you know kind of like team leader in the locker room. Those four guys, I mean, I don't know how like I don't, it doesn't get any better than that if you're looking at the rest of the rosters around the NFL. Yeah, um, NFL dot com did a ranking of like top five position groups in the NFL, mm-hmm. and Eagles defensive front was like the number one position group in the entire really NFL okay. They had ranked that's up. That's uh, the article for that is in the link on Bleeding Green Nation today. Mm. I went with that as the headliner. Um, <clears throat> getting into some other topics, Jimmy, if you will. You did a mailbag recently for Philly Voice where you kind of mentioned a bunch of names that have been brought up in various capacities, not all necessarily because like it's an actual rumor. Some of them just, uh, which is always a pet peeve of mine when a certain like someone will just like speculate on something and then you have the aggregation Twitter accounts, which now have a blue check and people think, oh, that must be legitimate because the blue check system is dumb. (laughs) And it's like, well, that must be a real thing then. And it's not, it's just someone like speculating, which I'm to be clear, I'm not saying you can't speculate on things. Sure. That's part of the fun. You can discuss ideas. Yeah. Um, Especially as content creators, we do that, but you can't posit it as like, well, there's talk. This could happen. Like, like, there's sources saying this could happen when it's just it all <laughs> yes. goes back to someone just bringing it up as idle speculation. So um, I just think you have to call it for what it is, not act like just because it's in the being discussed floating out there that it's definitely like a credible idea that has legs behind it. Um, but are there any? Yeah, names? I mentioned this in the mailbag. So somebody emailed me about Julio Jones. Yes. Somebody had written an article about Julio. Like it's just I guess matching sort of the still available free agents right. to teams and somebody linked Julio Jones to the Eagles, but it was just sort of like, you know, a fun type post, like the, no right. information involved or anything like that. And I get an email about, <laughs> about like, uh, you know, did you see the report about uh, the the Eagles being interested in Julio Jones or something to that effect? Well, Cause you see it, you see and those I'm like a- Instagram or Twitter accounts <laughs> that they tweet out the picture and like a graphic. And then like, cause it starts with that list and then somehow it gets lost in translation that someone is saying that Julio Jones to the Eagles could happen. Yeah. So then I, you know, I see, uh, I see that email and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what did I miss? Mm-hmm. And now I'm like furiously searching like the Eagles, the Eagles and Julio Jones or whatever. And I find the, the, the original article. It's like, okay, there's just, it's not, a, it's not a report. Uh, so don't do that. Don't send me emails. <laughs> saying, well, now, everyone's this gonna do it. now everyone's going to do it. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you're a kind uh, person who doesn't want to wreck my day, yeah, please don't do that. Thanks. <laughs> so I guess what are these names? I mean, we can start with Julio. Um, would would you be? Interested I don't think in that? that's that crazy, actually. Okay. Um, you know he's he may he may very well be cooked. Did he play with JJ Brown? Were they together on the same team? Weren't they? For yeah, so they yeah the the Titans traded for Julio right after June one okay. in twenty twenty one because the Falcons were, yes. were they they might have June one cut him. But then they just waited until June and traded them. Mm. 
Uh, and then that way they got the benefit of the, uh, you know, spreading the cap sure. hit out over a couple of years. But yeah, he got traded to Tennessee. And at that point, everyone was like, holy crap, Julio, you know, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry. How are you going to stop that team? So yeah, those two guys did play together for a season in 2021. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought of that really, but um, as far as his fit, you know, if he's ring chasing and I could see him maybe, maybe being interested in that, I, I, maybe not. Like, I think all these guys want to be paid you know, at least something decent, but he played for the, he played for the Buccaneers last year, mm-hmm. actually played pretty well week one, probably had some injuries along the way or some, you know, just banged up a little bit here and there. I don't, I don't know his full story of the season, um, but he wound up with like 300 yards receiving some, somewhere in that ballpark. So obviously on the season, he wasn't yeah, super he only productive. Played in 10 games. And then uh, in the playoffs, though, he was like a rare player that actually showed up for Tampa in that game. He had seven catches for 74 and uh, like a really nice touchdown catch mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs. So I don't know, like, who would you rather have on the outside if if A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith went down? Would you rather have Julio Jones or would you rather have Quez Watkins? Yeah, I mean, Julio Jones, really. So, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't think that, that that one is that crazy. But, you know, of course, I don't see that happening because – I don't think he, I, ultimately I don't think Julio Jones is going to, you know, play for two, three, two, three million bucks like mm. uh, Dominican Sue or like Linval Joseph did he or maybe I mean maybe you never know like it's he, he may look at the Eagles and go okay well that's my my only chance of winning a Super Bowl and uh, you know play for basically nothing you never know I think he played for like five million last year for Tampa like I think that's too much you can't you can't yeah. pay a backup receiver that kind of money but um, yeah for for two three million sure why not. Well, it could be a case of like Sue or Joseph where there's no need to rush to sign Julio Jones. Like you kind of just and, and there's no rush for him to sign exactly. in the camp. He can kind of yeah, just like yeah. chill out for a little bit. And then also maybe, God forbid, there is an injury to someone. Then at that point you could sign him um, but or just have him on your speed dial in case there is a situation like, you know, something like you like they have talks with him, you know, beforehand, like, hey, Julio, like if you're still out there and we have something come up, like we'd love for you, you know, to come in if it makes sense for you at that point. So you can kind of like, you know, have something in motion like that. Um, he had, he made. Yeah, I'm looking at his. OK, yeah, it was like five million, I guess, last year. I'm looking at trying to look at his last year contract. Uh, yeah, one year. 5.7 so yeah but also again he only had like you said 300 something yards so he doesn't have that same kind of leverage and he's been out there for a while so like you could get him for like 3 million or so depending on when you sign him um, yeah either that or he's going to retire yeah uh, any other of these names that we want to talk about <laughs> well the other two that got that I got asked about were uh, uh, the, you know two former Eagles and Deshaun Jackson and Zach Ertz which they're never going to sign Deshaun again like come on they almost cut him because he he quoted a fake Hitler. Uh, he, he, he he posted posted a quote a, 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 a quote to that was attributed to Hitler, but, but it, was, Hitler did wasn't not act- say that. Yeah, just don't ever agree with Hitler. Yeah, you know, like like never Hitler could be like, I like chocolate chip cookies, but don't don't agree with him on that. Like you know, like like it's, just don't ever say Hitler was right about this. Never. Yep. There's no. There's no good can come of it. Uh, so that's a lesson that uh, you know you kids can kind of take uh, to take home. Uh, but then also like the two years that he played in in Philly in 2019 and 2020, I think it was. Uh, I think he missed off the top of my head. I believe it was 25 
of 33 games. So he only played in eight games in those two seasons. Like always had something wrong with him. Um, and, you know, I mean, same thing. Like, is, is, is he going to be happy getting so few targets? Like, no. this is a guy that forced his way off the Rams because <laughs> he wasn't happy with the targets that he was getting. By the way, that team went on to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> And he blew a chance to, to get a ring because yep. he wasn't happy with his targets. So, yeah. like, the, he's just not a fit in any way. I wonder if he got a ring still. I wonder if they gave him one. Because you know what I, I mean? I doubt it. Because you, 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 you want to get off that team and they release you. Like, you say, I don't want to play for this team anymore. And they I wonder, you. though. I want to fact check I that. I think that don't the players vote on that? I don't know. I think it's up to the team sometimes. Because I remember, Maybe like, Kenny, did. Kenyon Barner got a couple, even though he was on, like, the Patriots for, like, he wasn't with them when they actually won, but he was on the roster during the season at one point, and they still gave him one. I think he, Kenyon Barner has like the most Super Bowl rings in the last like so many years because of all the teams, different teams <laughs> he, he was on. Like he kind of just worked out nicely where he was like the most Super Bowl winning player, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and I like Kenyon, so good for him. Yeah, I like Kenyon. Yeah, nice guy. Uh, you mentioned Ertz as well. Yeah, I mean, like it's just it's not happening. No one's even. I don't think I'm seeing a lot of talk about that, but like, I guess you should get into that one. Well, I mean, he's got a contract in Arizona where, again, off the top of my head, I, I believe his contract is for like 8.75. I have the numbers here. His, his salary is 8.75, yep. and I believe it's 8.5 guaranteed. Yep. Is that right? Yep. So the Cardinals have – I mean, he's just not a good – first of all, careful what you wish for because he wanted off the Eagles because he thought that it was going to be a, a long rebuilding process. So he wanted to be traded. He also wasn't happy of course, with uh, the offers that the Eagles were giving him for a new contract. So, you know, he wanted to be traded and also probably wasn't when super he, happy that they traded Carson Wentz. Right. And then when he, when they traded him to Arizona at the time, it seemed like a much better situation for Ertz. And then that season played out and, both the Eagles and the Cardinals were one and done in the playoffs. And then 2022 comes around. Cardinals are four and 13. Eagles go and play in the Super Bowl in his new home stadium. <laughs> so like, you know, careful about, you know, the, gra the gra uh, 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 yeah, uh, I'll, I'll transition to a, a different uh, sort of saying here. The grass is not always greener on the other side. So like, you know, he got what he wanted. He got traded. And now he's in a situation where he's with another team that is, I mean, even way, way worse off than what the Eagles were after the 2020 season. This is the worst team in the NFL, in my opinion. And they're going nowhere for a long time. They just have no talent really at all. And he's not a fit on that roster. So I think the, I think if the Cardinals could trade him for anything, they'd just be happy to get his 8.5 guaranteed money off their books. As far as his fit with the Eagles... No, like, you know, the Eagles are going to take on that contract, first of all, for a backup tight end. I wouldn't even want to take on that contract if Zach Ertz got hurt for the season. So if Zach Ertz, like, tore an ACL or something like that, could you bring Ertz back? Because he has some familiarity. With... Oh, sorry. Yeah. So if Goddard tears his ACL or whatever for the... and done for the season, uh, again, like, I wouldn't bring Ertz in at 8.5. But if the Cardinals ate some of that money and then, you know, you brought him in because he's familiar with the city, he knows what to expect. Mm -hmm. You know, he has, you know, connections to a lot of players on the team still. Uh, you're comfortable with him, with what he is, mm -hmm. you know, within your, your offensive scheme. And fine. Sure. But, you know, you're banking on uh, a massive, like a, a devastating injury to the starting guy before you'd ever even, before you would ever even begin to consider it. Uh, next one I think we should touch on is Matt Ariza. 
Is that how you say his oh. name? <laughs> right. The punter. Because I've seen a lot. There's definitely been a lot of that. Like, well, why do well, shouldn't the Eagles sign this guy? Because they need a punter. Yeah, and they yeah. certainly do need a punter. I agree with that part. But just because, I guess my take on this is just because he was cleared of criminal charges does not mean it's like, well, it's a clear, situ- crystal clear situation now. Uh, totally no red flags at all with the situation. It's all just in the clear and they can, it's a green light, 100% full speed go. Like, that's not. At least of my understanding, not the case. Uh, Defector Media had a good piece on this titled The Matt Ariza Transcript Doesn't Have All the Answers and kind of highlights some, mm. I guess, unsolved uh, or unanswered questions from the situation still. Okay. And obviously, there's still a civil suit going on. So, like, I'm to be clear, I'm not saying, you know, I know that there's guilt or whatever. Not saying that, but I am saying. I don't know everything and I'm not like super comfortable just with people being like, well, he's cleared. So he's full to go. Like, I don't know. I don't think you, I think there's still things that, um, you know, you don't always know. And I think you put it well in your article here where you put that. Uh, I have no doubt that Dom DeSandro is done digging on the matter uh, in Ariza himself. And you feel like if the Eagles were comfortable with bringing him in, they probably would have done it by now. And the fact that they haven't, I think, given the Eagles track record with this kind of stuff, speaks to, you know, there being potential red flags or concerns still existing. Yeah. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, as you mentioned, there's still a civil case pending. So like his legal troubles, you know, his legal issues aren't over yet even. So um, and the other the other point that I made there, too, was like, you know, you are you and I can watch a game or a bunch of games of, of a player and we can go, we can have opinions on, you know, can this guy play or not? And obviously sure. he can, but you and I just don't have all the answers on what happened yep. and not even just with that incident, just what kind of person he is. That's, we, we that's don't know the thing. Any, it's not just about the incident. About it's about him. like decision-making and future, you know, issues. And yeah, there's a lot of, there's, it's not, as, it's just not cut and dried. That's my point. It's, it's a yeah. layered, there's like tentacles to this thing. You have to kind of really know who you're getting. It's sort of unanswerable by us because mm-hmm. we just don't we don't have we don't have all the information. I, I, I haven't seen I, I didn't know that that defector piece was. Uh, yeah, you should. Was out everyone there. should I, give that I'm, a look. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. It's definitely like points out fair, unanswered questions that, you know, like I'm guessing teams are having as well. Sure. Um, and also, like at the end of the day, I would love to, for the Eagles to have a better punter. But like we're still talking about <laughs> a punter and they have, yeah. that has to be factored into the equation here. Like. You're taking on a risk potentially, or, or you know, a big thing you should not be doing at the cost of at the upside of what exactly? Like that—that's part of the calculus. So you know, I uh, just you know, that has to be, I feel like, factored in as well. It's just—it's not simple to me. That's my point on the whole thing. It's just not a simple decision. Anyone saying like it's simple, you sign them. I just don't agree with that at all. By the way, uh, of course, the Eagles signed Ty Zentner. Yes. Uh, as an undrafted rookie free agent out of Kansas State, I actually asked uh, Michael Clay, the Eagles special teams coordinator, mm-hmm. like, what do the Eagles prefer? <sighs> Mike, Michael Clay, who got a raise after the Eagles special teams, <laughs> has only gotten worse. <laughs> right. You know where I'm going with this? Yeah. Yeah. I asked him, you know, what, what the both things are, are important, of course, here between pin deep punting, meaning like trying to pin teams like when you're when you're punting like in plus 50. Like the the opposing, you know, the opposing team's side of the field or close enough to it, 
pinning them deep, like inside the 10 yard line. Do you prefer that more? Or do you prefer a guy that can just blast Mm -hmm. uh, in open field punting situations? Like from your own 20, for example, you wanted to hit like a 60, 65 yarder and kind of flip the field. Like, what do you prefer more? And he, the way he answered that, he didn't give it like a definitive answer, but he kind of leaned toward pin deep punting, which to me doesn't make any sense. The Eagles never punt when they're in like they're the opposing team's territory or like near or close to it. Mm-hmm. They never even punt like on fourth and one. So like they shouldn't. Th- yeah, it's it's because they don't punt in those situations. It doesn't make sense to prioritize that over you know open field puntings. I don't get it. Like why? Why? And to, in my opinion, like Ty Zentner is more of like. Uh, he's a better open field punter. Like he's got a strong leg. And I think Sipos is, I mean, Sipos has got kind of got like a noodle leg in those situations. He's a better pin them deep type punter, which kind of, if, if that is indeed true, that like the mm-hmm. Eagles prefer pin deep punting over open field punting, then Sipos probably is, yep. is probably the favorite to win that job. Oh, he, he already is, which is silly, but um that seems like an area too where there might be potentially a difference between coaching staff. The coaching staff might prefer one of those to the other. Where the in because if like if I'm the analytics guys, yeah, like Alec Halby or whoever or Howie, whatever you want to call those people in the organization, I'm like, mm-hmm. let's keep like let's just keep Zentner because this way yeah. it actually forces, in theory, the coaching staff to have to like go for it more <laughs> because you can't right. rely he's on not good at pin deep punting. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like you have <laughs> yeah. to like. No, we can't rely on our punter here in this situation. Like you only, we only going to rely on him when we have to just totally try to flip the field and boot it all the way down. Um, so yeah, I I totally disagree with that philosophy. I think and reason, how he picks the fifty three exactly which, which, to 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 your point. So, yeah. but I mean, he does, but he also I think you know well, he takes their input, no yeah, doubt, because yeah. you can't just be like f you and like totally you know, <laughs> or at least all the time. So I think he can for the bike. I think he can well, with the punter. He can, but he also you know I think they're. Part of his job is maintaining, you know, uh, relationships to some extent. Sure. And, you know, there there is some kind of, I'm sure, you know, he's not always just getting his way at every turn. He does have to sacrifice to collect, in a collaborative effort at some step of the way. He has to kind of at least consider other input. Um, but, and also, like, I don't even know how much he cares about special teams. You know what I mean? He might not like, right, care right. enough to really, like, pick that battle. Like, if, if Clay really wants Sabas, I don't know that he's, like, you know, really wants to, like, cares enough to be like no it has to be zentner um but uh okay that's it why don't we take another break real quick and then we'll come back real real quick was he you follow this a lot more closely than i do at the very at the very end of the draft was he like the first reported signing for the eagles during the undrafted he was like second or third i don't think he was the first he was early-ish in the process i feel like do you know which udfa got the biggest guarantee did you There's see that? Gata, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who I call wide it receiver with Solak uh, last week. Uh, yeah. a, a poor man's AJ Brown. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he's like, what, 6'3, 217. And he's got sort of the same, like, he's not as fast as mm-hmm. AJ yeah, Brown, like of course. A but very poor man's tackle, AJ Brown. Tackle breaking kind of guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take another break and we'll be back to kind of wrap things up. But first, I need to hear about Kristen Roach, Jimmy of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. Yes, uh, she just got back, actually, wow. from the closing. Uh, but yeah, her phone number is 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. If you're looking to buy or sell your house, call or text her because she was rated by God as the greatest uh, realtor in the history of the universe. Brandon? 
back after this. Kristen Rocha, Road Trail Tours, Road Trail Tours, Road Trail Tours. Kristen Rocha, Road Trail Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-92. 856-906-9295. Back here on BGN Radio, wrapping things up. Hopefully this has been an enjoyable listen for you, maybe on a, a drive somewhere to the beach or back from the mm-hmm. beach, wherever. Depending. You going to the beach or anything? I am not a big... Like I hate Memorial Day. Weekend yeah, go the with beach. the crowd person in a lot of <laughs> yes. ways, but especially when it comes to like literal traffic and that kind of. Like, I'm not like we have to do the thing everyone else is doing. No, that's yes. not. Thank I you. am my my plan for Memorial Day weekend is literally like probably see a couple friends. I not even necessarily in like a party environment, just like hang out with a couple friends, whatever, um, and pretty much chill for the most part. And I'm really looking forward to just that doing nothing. Yeah, uh, as soon as this is over, I am going to take my little bucket, my aforementioned bucket of beer, Boom. and I'm going to go sit out in my hammock in the backyard, oh. and that's it. That's that's my that's my day. I think people don't do that enough, collectively. Like, just, like, yeah. I think, and that's, like, I don't know if that's part of how we're just wired, or it's an American culture thing, but, like, it's just, like, go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. It's never, like, just, hey, sometimes it's okay to do, like, what you're doing there. Just, like, literally yeah. nothing. Like, you can carve out time to do... Not a single thing. I don't think I do that enough. So I envy you. I think that's that's great. That's... You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I definitely am that. And I had mentioned actually in some other mailbag, like once the draft kind of came and went and then there was really not that much to do, I I realized like I had time to do whatever I wanted to do. And I realized I don't even know what I like to do. Yeah, I remember <laughs> like, that. I don't, even, I don't even know like what, I, what I'm into, which is kind of a weird thing. Actually, in fact... Hashtag uh, hobbies for Jimmy. Hobbies for Jimmy. Hobbies for Jimmy. If you have any suggestions on things that I can do for fun, fire away because I really don't know. I give you a couple, (laughs) I think, or at least one. Um, I don't know. Well, there's surfing that I like, but what? What? what, Things I like. Your creative talents. I suggested. I think that would people would do that. I think. Well, should I say it? Are you okay with me saying it? No, go ahead. I don't care. I think you should do a children's book. I think. I think that might sound silly. I think people would actually really. I think people would enjoy it. And I think you have like the right, you know, sense of humor, and you like to like do your stick figures anyway. I think you could do a way to like make that into like a fun little read for for both. I think it would be wide appealing for both like kids who could enjoy it at like a kind of silly level, but then parents too who are like you know, sharing it with their kids and they can actually enjoy like it's about the Eagles or there's some kind of, uh, you know, tie in like that. So I don't know. It's kind of a half. It is idea. more work, though. Sure. <laughs> well, it is. But I think it could be I think but I think it would be fun for you. And I think it would be like fulfilling and rewarding. And I think it, it would be like uh, something you could be proud of and worth it. And it would take time okay. and you could do it over time. You know, it's not so, it's a hobby at this point. So yeah. or at least like right. you're doing it over time. You're not necessarily like rushing to do it. You're kind of just it's like a long term project to work on. Um, but I don't know. I just, I think you could do it. I, that's why I said it. Like, I, I think you can pull it off. So maybe if Thanks, buddy. you're out there and you have the means to help Jimmy make that happen, and that's something that actually sounds interesting, then, uh, you should do it. Yeah. Or if you should reach out to Jimmy because he might, uh, maybe he can make it work. Uh, I think you should try disc golf too. You mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. That's another yeah. one. 
I had a couple people mention that after the mailbag that they also do that. Yeah, it's because it's like very it's a low barrier to entry. And uh, I think it's easier than to me than, you know, what we call ball golf. Uh, yeah, say real golf, uh, because, you know, you don't it's just more you don't have to like go to the course and like whatever. The, I've never actually gone like golfing like for real in like a like an 18 hole kind of way. Um, so I don't know all the experience, but it seems to me from afar, you know, you got to like you have to do the dress code thing and you have to get a group potentially. And I don't know. I think you can have more fun or more uh, freedom. You can also speed run the course, you know, like I've seen people yeah, go- do that. Going, I like golfing, but golfing is like a five hour commitment. Exactly. Minimum. Yeah. Disc golf is like two at most, depending on which yeah. course you play on. It could be an hour. And again, uh, and by five, I mean, people are going to be like, well, you play that slow. No, I mean, you know I mean? like getting your shit ready. Before, yeah, sorry, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, and then like, driving to the course, yeah. finishing up and then driving back. Whatever. Like that's a five hour process. Minimum. Yeah. This is just yeah. like, you just get a couple of discs and you go out and, um, yeah, I admire the people who like speed play it. They'll just like, so they'll throw it. They'll like, you know, come. So usually we'll be playing like uh, my little group and like someone solo will come through and, you know, we'll let them go ahead because they're like trying to quick play where they'll throw it and they're like running to go get it. And they like play fast because <laughs> that way they can like okay. fit it in a short amount of time. And also it's good yeah. exercise like to keep running yeah. like that. So like you can do that. There's different ways to play is my point. Um, I'm not great or anything. I'm not like saying like, I'm a great player, but it, it's fun. Even if you're not good, I still think it's fun. Um, so that's one. Um, what else? I don't know. I think I'm in the same boat. I don't have like a lot of great hobbies <laughs> that I do. Yeah. Uh, I like to play pool. I'm trying to get more into pool. Uh, get better at pool. Yeah. I like playing, um, you know, I like got a bar or whatever. I don't know if I mentioned this before on the podcast. I think I've mentioned it to you, but I used to work in the Wall Street world and I worked in some like some I worked for some company that was trying to be like all hipster and whatever. They mm-hmm. had like this loft kind of, uh, you know, office space and they had a pool table in the middle of the uh, of the office. So I play every day uh, at the end of the day and I got really, really yeah. good when I was in my I was awesome when I was in my 20s. And I'm still like, OK, now just because of how much I played then. But uh, yeah, I, I would I wouldn't mind getting back to getting good at pool again but i don't have a pool table right exactly. now. i got some very limited in my uh yeah. in the opportunities i have to actually play I agree um uh, my friend in south jersey has one and i envy it because i don't have the space for it where i am but yeah um uh yeah so i want to get better at pool i was playing uh nine ball with my friend zach have you ever played nine ball i think i've talked about sure. that before yep i think it's a fun time i like that a little bit better an eight ball and also because you can play it quickly i like i think things like that sometimes like a game you can kind of just play repetitively you know what i mean like as opposed to eight ball can take a long time especially if you're both not great because you're just like missing shots and missing shots <laughs> right. and missing shots and you play a really bad game of pool yeah <laughs> yeah and i like to play ball in hand too in part because it just makes the game go quicker you know like yeah when you scratch you can just put it anywhere as opposed to if you're putting it behind the line like the bar rules and like people are like messing up on that part and it's just like the game's going go forever. And I'm like, that's just not right. fun. Like I want to keep the game moving and keep playing more. Um, so definitely pool. Um, I think that's kind of going to be like my golf. Cause a lot of people golf. I don't think I have the golf itch at all other than disc golf. But I think like pool is going to be my thing. Um, I don't think there's well, a lot of bars actually in like South Jersey that have pool tables i know there are a million of them in philly yeah but like near me i don't i can't think of anyone that really has them some good spots in philly that i'll shout out for pool um poly g's okay maybe i shouldn't say this because now people too many people are going to go that's overestimating our influence (laughs) 
It's not a joke. Right. Um, An hour and 10 minutes into uh, into a Memorial Day weekend that's right. podcast. <laughs> Apologies to me is a great spot because it's in um, uh, it's in the neighborhood and it's like 13th and Pine and they have a uh, uh, it's like they have pizza by the slice you can get and they have drinks and they have a pool table. It's really cool. And they also have like an old Atari okay. system you can play on too. Just play some like uh, old school video games. That's a great spot. Um, the Dive on Pashyunk is another really good spot to play pool at. It's on like the third floor of like a like a row home turned into a bar and then um see, oh uh tattooed moms on south street that's another good one uh second floor pool table so there you go there's my big three pool tables to play i know people like buffalo billiards <laughs> a lot but like that i feel like i think you have to like rent out it the whole thing for an hour like you have to rent the table for an hour or something as opposed to the other okay. one you're, you're putting your coins down you know right 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 um so it's a little bit of a bigger commitment but certainly also a fun spot to play at. Uh, if anyone has, I guess, pool advice, send it my way. Uh, I don't want to play yeah, for... Just throw it into that same hashtag. Hobbies for... Yeah. Hobbies for... Hashtag hobbies for Jimmy. Yeah. Throw that in there. Because um, <laughs> I want to get better at it. Not like to the point where I want to play for money or anything. I don't ever want to get to that. So I want it to be about fun. But I kind of want to, you know, get a little bit better. Like in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, like in a hustle like. Break out Lucille. <laughs> Jeffrey, bring, bring me Lucille. Uh, that's great. That's a great scene. Okay, we're losing steam here. Uh, any final thoughts, Jimmy? Uh, no, I'm just eager to get out and uh, enjoy my beers and my hammock. You? Very cool. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go hang out with some friends after we record, so looking forward to that. I want to give a shout-out to uh, a place I've shouted out before, Red Crest Kitchen. Uh, in addition to oh, that's Red a, Crest, that's a, the fried chicken place, right? Well, yeah, Red Crest Chicken is the Red Crest Fried Chicken. They're actually doing a like, it's not a, it's not a Kickstarter. It's called Honeycomb, and it's a way where for I think as this isn't an ad. This is just me. I like, I like to you know people say support local business. This is me, I feel like me kind of trying to do my part in that. I like to invest in the community, and if you were the same way. Uh, then for, I think as little as a hundred dollars, you can invest in their little project they have on this website called honeycomb and then you get interest back. So, um, so that's cool. So you're helping support a local thing and then you're making some money in the process. So go check that out. If you'd like to, at the very least, you can look at their campaign page and see what they're all about. I legitimately believe they have some of the best or like the best fried chicken in Philly. Uh, so like if you want to help support that, I think it's a good thing if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I am. I thought like there was a connection to the Eagles there in some way. Like Eagles, I'm sure Eagles players have had it at some point because um, it's it's the best place to get fried chicken. So uh, yeah, go see if you want to support them at all. I think that could be fun and cool. Uh, and then shout out to the folks at Esti E S T I who uh, sent me that hummus care package in the past, among other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, they reached out to say they actually they were deli- that's, this is what I'm conflating the Red Crest thing they were like delivering some stuff to the Eagles and the players uh, recently I got a, a source mm. that uh, from Esty that told me about that so that's pretty cool. really yeah uh, it's good stuff just like righteous felon <laughs> exactly so it sounds like they're going to be sending uh, both you and I a care package so looking forward to oh, that and we can kind of awesome. give some thoughts on that yeah they're really generous with that so we appreciate them not an official sponsor but uh i legitimately one of my favorite uh it is my favorite hummus that's the official hummus of me unofficially because i think it's really good s-d-e-s-t-i see it uh, or get it if you see it anywhere all right this has been bgn radio 323 
hope everyone's having a safe, responsible, fun holiday weekend. As as obviously also we take the time to remember uh, on Memorial Day. Um, and we will be back with you probably next week talking about something. We have OTAs coming up at some point here. Are you going to those this year? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, last year I was in Italy for those. Yeah, Seamus stepped uh, in for you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll be there. I think they're next. So they're the 30th of May. So Tuesday after Memorial Day weekend, June 1st and June 2nd. And then they're also, I think it's June 6th and June 8th. And they let us into one Just practice for each OTA session. So, but so they'll let us in. Yeah. Two total. So they'll either let us in the 30th, first or second. And then they'll let us in uh, either on the 6th or the 8th. So we'll have practice notes, I imagine, after. We after will. Those. They were shorter last year. They are like only an hour. So it wasn't like too extensive. Yeah, even just for depth depth, depth chart purposes, but, right. I think they're good for that. It was enough to get um, like something. But it's not like, yeah. you know, as juicy as a typical training camp practice. It's it's better than nothing, but it's not a whole lot. But still, right. listen to the podcast because we'll do uh, our, you know, we'll do two, we'll do a podcast each uh, day after those to give you what we saw there and give you a little bit of taste of the action before they kind of it's it's really like kind of interesting not interesting maybe it's really not interesting uh it's it's different because in the past the eagles used to have like heavier ota schedule uh and mm-hmm. like it felt like the break didn't really start until they were done with minicamp but now in today's world where they practice less than any other team which is not right. a complaint um, it feels like the break has already kind of begun a little bit. I know other like Eagles beat reporters who have like taken vacations and stuff already because there's been yeah. like a little bit of a lull here. Yeah, like EJ um, was in uh, was in Italy actually, sure, and, and London. Yeah. And I know um, Bo and Zach from Birds and Friends have been you know off uh-huh. different places. So uh, and more power to them. Uh, but I'm just saying like it's funny how like there's been a bit of a lull, but then they're going to have these two practices, and then there's going to be like a big lull again. Yeah, no, nothing camp. from June 10th or whatever, or June 8th or whatever it is until the nothing end good of at July. Least. No good news that can come out between <laughs> yeah. then, right? Uh, so yeah, it's funny like the the OTA is the one year where <laughs> Nelson Aguilar and oh uh, others went directly from OTAs, like the last OTA practice of yeah, that, that off 2016. Went directly to was it Delilah's? Yep, <laughs> directly to the club, the strip club, and uh, bad things ensued. <laughs> I for, kind of forgot about that. It's it's funny, like those little things, not little in terms of not trying to minimize the uh, magnitude of the situation there, but like just like the the <laughs> things that pop up along the way that you kind of like yeah. forget about because there's so many different things like that. Uh, but in any case, we'll wrap up here. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gouton. And Instagram at Brandon Gouton, Jimmy Kemsky, same thing. Twitter, Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky. You can check out bleedinggreennation.com for my work, phillyvoice.com for Jimmy's work. You can check out the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed where, in addition to this show, BGN Radio, we have things like the NFC East mixtape. And then we had um, the the guys going over the NFC East rosters on the EPA podcast. Um, plenty of other good content on the feed. John Stolness doing Eye on the Enemy. Plenty of stuff here for you to check out in addition to this podcast. So we appreciate you doing that. Rating, reviewing, subscribing, all of those very supportive things. I like to point out that the podcast is free and a lot of other places charge for like their website content, you know, subscriptions and everything. 
we don't do that at either BGN or Philly Voice, and also the podcast is free. So um, if you could give us a rating or review, that's a nice way to support us without even having to pay any money. Uh, but if you do want to help support the podcast financially, and also do it in a way where you actually benefit, then you can go to rightdistillum.com, use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order, the best snacks you can get in the entire universe, or same discount code BGN15 at wildnaturepet.com if you have dogs or a dog that you want to give some treats to. And if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, there's only one person that you need to contact, and that is Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. And you can either uh, email her or text her, call her at this phone number. 856-906-9295. I have to throw it to Jimmy for the phone number each time because I never remember it in my <laughs> head, which is kind of sad, but it's the reality. So uh, we'll wrap this up. And we'll be back with you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. P G N.